Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I am thrilled to have my guest on today because, let me tell you, he knows funny. And I love funny people. I love humor. I love comedy. And James Breakwell is all about that. He is an expert on funny. That, that's all I can say because everything he does is funny. And laughter, you know, I end every broadcast with how laughter is the best medicine. It is the best medicine. We need to laugh more. James Breakwell is founder of Exploding Unicorns. You may have seen him on his years of posts on Twitter, all about his family. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it because... We all need to laugh more today, don't you believe? I mean, I would think you would agree. The world's getting a little too serious. So, and you have to laugh with your kids. Kids are funny. They're funny. But, you know, find the funny in them. I raised five children, all successfully into adulthood, went through five teenagers, and they're great entertainment. It is like you made all this entertainment before you take advantage of it. So, James... Thank you for being here and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on here. I am I am pumped up to be here. That is, that is such a great name for a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's also my business. It's, it's what we do. And I also have a kid's fitness business, so it kind of relates. Ah. The whole pumping up of life. We need to pump up. James, you are a wealth of getting your message out there. You have books. You have comics, you have podcasts, you have your Twitter feed that over a million people follow. And that just warms my heart. The fact that that many people follow you and read your sarcasm and laugh, that just makes me happy. It makes restores my faith in humanity. So tell me, if you would, how you kind of, I mean, I'm assuming you were a funny guy your whole life. But like, how did you just create this world of funny that you live every day? Well, my uh, original goal was to be the next Dave Barry. So I, I went to college to be a newspaper reporter, got out and did a year in the newspaper trenches and found out that wasn't very funny at all. I was a I was a night cops reporter. And it was very much not for me. So I quickly, after just a year, abandoned that and said, you know what, I'll just get a regular non-writing job and I'll just write on the side for fun. So I did that, started up a blog, started pumping out kids, went from zero to one to two to three to four. And, uh, you know, over time, the kind of things they wrote about changed from, you know, the struggles of a young adult or a teenager or whatever you've got to, uh, you know, I've got these kids now who I write about and uh, spent 10 years writing on the blog. Nobody really read it. And then I um, 
I, I moved to Twitter and I saw you could share links on there. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And people that respond to links, you have to send jokes too. So I started writing jokes and the jokes people responded to were the ones about my kids. They could relate to the kind of things kids do and say, because everybody's kids are weird and everybody's kids are hilarious. Uh, so that's when I started to really build up a following. And uh, from there, eventually I, I built up to about 200,000 followers. Then Buzzfeed did an article on me with a bunch of clickable links. And that's when I shot up to a million followers. And that's when the book deals came and all of that. So that that's what really kicked things off. It's it's wonderful. I mean, like I say, I, I just we need so much fun in this world. And, you know, even if you like watch comedians and there are so many comedians that like aren't even doing comedy anymore because mm -hmm. everything's criticized, everything they say, like, you know, I don't know, you know, we're of different generations. I don't know if you remember Don Rickles or you know of Don Rickles, if you're a funny man, like he could never exist in society today because his whole spiel was insulting everybody, mm -hmm. everybody he insulted. And then we loved it. We loved laughing at ourselves. And I feel like that is so lost in society today. And the importance of having fun with your family is, you know, what else do you have to do with your kids but have fun? Exactly. It's it's so easy to stress out and take it way too seriously. And I, I, I do. I see a lot of the, the posts on Twitter. There's there's kind of a genre of, I guess I would call mommy martyrs out there. Of like, this is so hard. How does anybody do this? How does anybody make this work? It's like, I... I don't know. Maybe they'll just say I'm just a useless dad, but I, kids are fun. They, they, they get more self-sufficient as time goes on. They get past the point where you can't leave the room without them killing themselves. They get older, they go to school, they become self-sufficient. Eventually they can kind of cook for themselves and you can get away with all sorts of neglect. So it's, it is fun. They are, they're individual human beings. They're the main characters in their own story. And after you're real a while, you realize you're just, you're just the sidekick and they're here in their own story. And that makes it all the more entertaining. Exactly. And hopefully you let them have their own story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my kids are adults, so they range from 35 to 41. I don't know. What are the ages of your children? Uh, the oldest is 13 and the youngest just turned eight. Fun. You're getting into that teenage world. Mm -hmm. James, just on the edge super, of it. Mm -hmm. That's when they really get entertaining. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, you know, my kids are, you know, they've lived through their childhood and they've lived to tell about it. It's so fun to watch them every stage of the way, you know, every phase they go through. It's great because, you know, they're expressing themselves. They're living their own lives. Every one of my kids do something different. You know, no two of them do the same thing. They're all successful, thankfully, and support themselves. And, you know, their kid, the ones that have kids, all of them, but one has kids. Luckily, the one that lives in Amsterdam is the one that doesn't have kids <laughs> and otherwise I'd have to like kill them or go get them or bring them back. Mm -hmm. Can't be too far from my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I have nine of them. Oh, and wow. uh, it's, it's such a joy. It is my best, happiest accomplishment is my children. And it's such a joy if you find the joy in it. And mm -hmm. in this day and age, there's so much information. There's so everybody's reading. Am I doing it right? It, I think it puts this, the happiness aside. 
Yeah, I think people kind of miss the forest for the trees on that. They're so busy stressing out about giving kids the perfect childhood that they forget to relax and have fun and just let them be kids and let yourself be a parent or a grown up or whatever, whatever you're going for there. Uh, it, it's very easy to get to get just bogged down in that. And I've kind of I, I guess a long time ago, I gave up on the idea of the perfect childhood. I, I'm, I'm just going to keep my kids alive and they can take it from there. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and you've achieved greatness if you keep them alive. <laughs> you wrote in an article where you talked about raising mediocre kids. They aren't going to give, that your kids aren't going to give up their childhood for success. And I just, I pulled that out because it's so important because so many parents feel the pressure to to make these exceptional children or what the world will think is exceptional children. When in my eyes, every child's exceptional, every mm -hmm. child's exceptional. And the pressure that is put on these kids is what makes their lives so difficult. So tell me a little bit more about you raising mediocre kids. Well, I think uh, I'm, I'm a mediocre adult. I kind of think we all are. And everybody's like, I'm going to have this extraordinary kid and they're going to be this extraordinary person. You look at society and like, where, where are all these extraordinary right. people? Where did, where did they all go? We all, we grow up and we get jobs and we start falling asleep earlier. We gain a few extra pounds. We're all, we're all pretty average. It all kind of averages out. So the idea that we have to have these, these optimal children who go to the optimal college and take the optimal course in life. I just, I don't think that exists. I think we just get so many years on earth and we got to make the most of them uh, you know you get, to, you get you get to a point you realize there's there's only so many experiences you can have you don't have enough hours in the day to watch everything that's on netflix not even the good stuff you don't have enough hours in the day to read all the books you don't have enough hours in the day to do everything so you know let your kids do the sports they want to do let them go out there and have fun let them play xbox and just let them let them enjoy the time they've got yeah and, and it makes for great stories i one of the Stories with my kids is I have my son, Kyle, who's now 35. He's the one in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. I signed him up for martial arts. One of the things I signed him up for at six o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, this was not a smart thing on my <laughs> part. First of all, I'm terrible at these things. I'm like remembering. So the going joke is I signed him up for this like 10 week course of martial. He went once. Oh. How did he go once? Because I never remember to take him. <laughs> you know, when, you know, he came out fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Most of my kids, you say something about sports and like how these kids are all enrolled in a million sports and my kids weren't, you know, mm -hmm. pretty much. I was like, do you want to do this? And they said no. And I'm like, cool, you don't have to do it. Yeah, I, I get real excited when my kids quit things now. I mean, I because I'm the guy who has to drive them everywhere. I'm, right. I'm counting down the hours till my 13-year-old gets her own car. And it's like, yes, I will absolutely get you a car. It's going to be something old. And it's going to be beat up, but safe. And you are going to take yourself everywhere from then on. Uh, yeah, but every activity they quit, man, that's uh, it's another one off the schedule. There was only one. There was one that I made them quit. I, they did soccer for a year. And I thought it was just going to be like one or two days a week. But it turns out all the three kids who did it were in three different slots and they had three different practices at three so joining that one sport caused like 12 different engagements during the week i was like we got to stop guys yeah. there's there, there's so much else to life than soccer we just we can't be doing this schedule overload mm -hmm. I, I know and it, it's too much and half of the problem is that parents over schedule mm -hmm. their kids and their families so they spend their days rushing around and let me tell you guys it goes so fast I mean, the fact that I have a 41-year-old sometimes amazes me. I like, 
It blows my mind. Like she's on her way to 50. Next stop, 50. <laughs> of course, my next stop is dead. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> not dead. Hopefully, you know, I get a few decades in between mm -hmm. now and dead. But it's like, it goes, I can't even say how fast it goes. It's like flash of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. My my favorite nights of the week are when nothing is scheduled. Everybody can just relax and chill. And even then you realize there's just, there's not that much time, but between the end of school and the end of work, and when everybody has to take baths and go to bed, you slip a meal in there. And it's like, man, how do we manage this on nights when we do have stuff? Because even on nights when we don't have stuff, there's just, there's just not that much time there. Hi, parents. I'd like to take a break from this podcast to really tell you about my life's mission. I'd like to introduce you to the Day of Calm Foundation, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation where tranquility meets transformation. We believe in a world where unresolved anger and rage have no place, especially when it comes to the safety of our children. Our mission is clear to bring an end to needless violence against the youngest members of our society through dedicated efforts with parents, schools, and community outreach, we strive to soothe the human core and foster a culture of calm. This Giving Tuesday and throughout the year, I invite you to join us in this vital cause. Your support will be the cornerstone of creating generations of calmer, happier adults Together, we can build a future where every child grows up in an environment free from unnecessary aggression. Please visit our website, dayofcalm.org. Donate and be a part of this movement towards the Day of Calm. Mark your calendars for April 5th when we celebrate the International Day of Calm and bring together speakers from around the world that help build your calm in all areas of your life during our annual summit. I strongly believe, and I hope you do too, that a peaceful world begins with intention, personal responsibility, and a tranquil heart. Please join us by going to dayofcalm.org. Now back to our podcast. My big axe to grind these days is homework. My oldest now, she's in middle school. She's in eighth grade and gets tons of homework. And it's like, come on, you're, you're at school eight hours a day. Then they're going to give this to you to do in your few hours at night. I feel like it kind of takes away all your agency as a parent. It's like, well, we have these other things we're going to do as a family. Oh, no, you know, you don't. You're going to be doing this assignment for school. It's, oh, man, I can't wait till school's over. But like you said, then you jump from one milestone to another and then you're dead. So, you know, I guess yes. you got to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> but it's true. Homework is like my pet peeve, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember my daughter was in fifth grade. She literally had so much homework, James. Mm -hmm. There was one day in the entire fifth grade year that she played outside. Oh, wow. And she is an A student. Mm -hmm. And I finally went into the school and I'm like, at like halfway as we got into the second part of the year, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like a C student. So I'm like, what are the people like the kids like me doing? You know, if, mm -hmm. if an A student has to do this much work, what's a C student doing? Yeah. You know, it, there is no reason in the world that they should be doing homework 
or not that much. I mean, if they have to finish a paper or something, mm-hmm. let them be kids. This society does not let kids be kids. They do not let them enjoy a childhood and have a fun time. There are even the things, even the celebrations, the graduation, uh, the proms and the homecomings and like their proms are like weddings. Well, if they're like weddings, how do they look forward to a wedding? <laughs> My wife talks about that. I mean, now there's the thing, there's like promposals and all this. And I, man, they, they put more effort into their promposals than we put people put into actual proposals. And like even actual proposals. Now you're supposed to have a photographer there and all this. I just, right. I just handed my wife a ring in a dorm room after, <laughs> after I got back from getting some Taco Bell. I mean, it was just, there's so much pomp and circumstance for this. And then you get all these posts on the internet. People are devastated that their particular proposal didn't have all the, all the ceremony behind it. I it just, I, I, I can't keep up with that. I, I, I'm a simple person. I, I need to, I just get directly to the point. You know, if you want to ask somebody to prom, ask them to prom, don't get balloons. Don't have a, don't have a banner. Just, just do the thing and move on with your life. Right. Exactly. And they do with every aspect of life, you know, all the mm-hmm. baby naming or what mm-hmm. is it? Finding out what the sex of the baby is that the gender reveals. Yeah. Yeah. Gender reveals like I, and I love, they make up words. Like my favorite is we're going on a baby moon. <laughs> I'm like, can't we just say we're going on vacation before the baby comes? Like, mm-hmm. why does that have to be a word? Why does it have to have a word? Because then everybody's going to take one and, you know, more money for Mm-hmm. for the business yeah there's there's a lot more things to keep track of now i think uh, i i think life is easier if you don't uh, if you don't treat it like a series of checklists you got to do the baby moon and the proposal and all, all these things just kind of i i think i think you can hold yourself to a lower standard and just and just get by fine that's that's kind of my approach the, the bare minimum approach to parenting and to life in general i guess and you know what happens when you do that is you like enjoy life so much more you enjoy your children so much more because you've given yourself time to enjoy each other you know you mentioned dave barry yeah i love Mm -hmm. dave barry love that man and like i remember one time because he of course picked up his kids from junior high in an oscar meyer wiener mobile which Mm -hmm. is my personal dream car and you know i went and picked up my my daughter when she was in seventh grade with uh tubers and hats hat and i don't know if you remember two birds and jots they don't make it anymore because it was dangerous because it would poke kids in the head and it was like this this foam stuff with wire through it so Mm -hmm. you could bend it and pose it but the wire would pop through you know and it was dangerous and you know and the thing is it i love being silly with my kids i love the sarcasm that we still do with each other at you know now that they're older, it like never ends. Talking to someone about like when we were kids, all our gifts were weapons. Like <laughs> I had a real bow and arrow. I had a real gun. I have real knives, you know, that you could whittle. Oh, wow. You know, wood with like they were weapons. Like every year we get a new weapon. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and but we never killed anybody. Mm-hmm. We never shot any. I mean, more damage happened to us than, you know, than, mm-hmm. like someone else. But it's there's so many rules. There's so many rules. Yeah, I'm the I'm the dad who still gets his kids swords. Of course, they're the foam swords, but they're the foam swords you can actually hit each other with. Right. And uh, oh, do they cause plenty of damage with that? I can I can only imagine what they would do with real weapons. Absolutely. Well, like <laughs> swimming noodles are good for that. 
you know, if you too, cut yeah. swimming noodles in half, you know, mm -hmm. they're all kinds of fun for the entire family. Absolutely. So, would you tell our audience a little bit about you have two podcasts? Am I correct? 10 yes. minutes to save your marriage and wrong and wronger, which is hysterical opening. On I, uh, <laughs> I don't know that anybody listens to either one, but we, we do them for our own amusement, wrong and wronger. We started out debating things like is a hot dog, a sandwich, and it kind of devolved into just me and Steve talking. It's a uh, Steve Olivas. He's a psychologist in Tennessee. And then the other one is 10 minutes to save your marriage, where we take a crack at relationship questions. Um, right now, Steve, he's, He's currently switching jobs and uh, renovating his house. So we are going to take a few weeks off by doing that. But we're not, uh, you know, you get these professionals who uh, have these like 10 episode seasons and they take the rest of the year off. And we we kind of record year round. We always we always pump out those episodes. And even if only a few hundred people listen, we uh, we do enjoy talking to each other. We like hearing ourselves talk. So it's a it's another one of those things that is it pro a productive use of our time. Absolutely not. Does it does it bring <laughs> us joy? Yes. So so we have a podcast. That's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that matters. You you want a and honestly, a productive use of your time is bringing joy and is that's being true. happy. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people that they spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff that makes them miserable, and then they spend all day being miserable, which is very sad because yes. we only have this one life to live, not a dress mm -hmm. rehearsal. And none of us are getting out of here alive, so you might as well have a good time. Mm -hmm. So your Twitter feed is all the crazy hysterical sarcastic things your children say mm -hmm. to you in conversation do so my question is because there are so many do you write each of them down like how do you get all these and like remember them i mean they're uh they're a mix sometimes my kids just say something and it fits perfectly in 280 characters and that's fine other times this is something that's been going on for days and you condense the spirit of here's what they've been complaining about for the past, you know, six hours. Let's, let's turn this into a quick back and forth that captures the essence and gets it out there. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a mix in that way, but yeah, I, um, I used to, I used to send out 25 tweets a day back when I was really grinding, trying wow. to build up an audience anymore. It's about one a day. And usually I sit down about dinner time or after and think, all right, what do the kids say today? What do they do? What are, what are they fired up about at the moment? What did I do wrong as a parent? Usually, <laughs> usually it's something to do with bedtime or chores. And we can usually distill down to something they've said where they are, they are very much not on board with my plan. And thus a, thus a tweet is born. Oh my gosh. That's so great. And, and what's so great about it is it also put you instantly in the mindset of recognizing stuff they do funny, mm -hmm. you know, and not like, and not taking it all so seriously and let them be funny and let them be sarcastic. And, you know, you be the same way. I mean, we have like great sayings in our family. I don't know if you have that. My father was the king of one-liners. I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. And one of his best sayings is better to be wanted for murder than not to be wanted at all, which in the grand scheme of things, is true because people that don't feel wanted will feel wanted for things they shouldn't feel wanted for. Mm -hmm. But it just uh, constantly, you know, it it's only funny till someone gets hurt and then it's hysterical. And it, we go on and on. We have like a million. We always said we were going to write a book about it. <laughs> but um, is that something you do in your family? Do you have little one-liners and 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 uh, kind of, you know, funny things that are just themes of your family? 
you know, my, my social media stuff has kind of become an unofficial archive of the family. And I didn't really entertain um, and intend it to have that purpose, especially the videos I do with the kids. I do these little interviews where I talk about the real story behind tweets or I interview them for their birthdays or about something that happened. And they love YouTube. So they don't read any of my books. They don't read my Twitter feed. They don't read my newsletter, uh, but they'll go back and they'll watch YouTube and they'll quote back to me things that they said like six years ago on YouTube that I have no memory of, like all these incidents that would just be completely gone or not for this video archive they keep going back so they have a they have brought back some things like that they'll quote back to me tweets and it's like you don't read twitter it's like yeah but i saw the video about this tweet from you know 2013 and so that's in that way they kind of keep it alive with that it's so great it's you know and then of course they have that forever mm -hmm. you know they have it to remember forever to show their kids when they get older and they have children and then, and then their they kids can, can roll their eyes at them and right. tell them how boring they are. And <laughs> exactly. It's a continuing generational cycle. Mm -hmm. So James, um, last question. Tell me with your children, your oldest is 13, how important humor is in your family. Like where is what happens when things get serious? Like, where does humor come into play? I, I think you got to laugh to not cry. I mean, that's really the, it's how you maintain your sanity. Something goes terribly, terribly wrong. And yeah, it's uh, frustrating in the moment, but if you take a step back, it's also hilarious. And there was the time that uh, one of my daughters, they had this, there's this like powder chalk stuff you can get wet to dry, uh, to like draw with. And she dumped it all over the carpet, completely ruined it. Looked like a, a clown exploded in her room. <laughs> but because, you know, part of my job, is to find the humor and things you get that and you don't know do you scold them first or do you grab the camera and take a picture if that you've got right. to, you got to balance those incentives you don't want to encourage chaos but at the same time when chaos happens it's not entirely unwelcome uh there is going to always be craziness in your life when you have kids and it's best to just accept that and enjoy it for what it is because if you try to fight it you're uh, you're in a losing battle i i love it that's great advice and 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 on the other side of that you also teach your kids mistakes and failures are not the end of the world. You know, that they can take those things lightly because you didn't explode. You didn't make it a catastrophe. You know, you kept it light and you know, mistakes happen. We're all human. Mm -hmm. And our kids are just, you know, they're actually human with little underdeveloped brains. So there's only so much they got in them. Well, James, would you just tell everybody where they can find you? One more time. Before the best we... place to find me is on my Substack account, jamesbreakwell.substack.com, or you can just go to Substack and search for James Breakwell. I do a free newsletter every Monday with 2,000 words with the most detailed story of my family that week. And that's that's where you'll get the bulk of the content these days. I'm also on Twitter at Exploding Unicorn without the E, or you can find any of my books. If you just go on Amazon and search for James Breakwell, they should all pop up. I love it. And I'll have links in the show notes as well. Well, James, before we leave, there's so much advice here, and I hope everybody realizes all the great advice that all of this conversation leads to. Mm -hmm. Do you have one more tip for any parent that's, you know, raising kids today? When you, uh, the next time you want to sign them up for something, just forget just miss that deadline, let it go. And you will thank yourself so much for the next three months. Just, just, just let the accident happen and see how it goes.
I love that. Well, thank you, James, so much for being here with me. I truly appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And to all of you listeners, if you laughed, if you love this, this advice, please share it out to people that you know that are struggling with finding the funny in life. And as always, guys, I thank you for being here. And I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Really is the best medicine. Stuff is funny. You have to laugh more. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. If you're really ready to start creating cooperation in your home, more listening, more joy, less stress, less yelling, less negotiating, and a whole lot less aggravation, then reach out to me and let's put a parenting system in place that works for you and your kids. Private and group coaching is available, and in six months or less, you will start seeing a much happier home that your children will blossom from instead of have to recover from. Get the manual that I wrote for your parenting journey, Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, along with my three children's books, All About Me, I Am Grateful, and Being Different is Fun. Find it all at PumpedUpParenting.com.